0: The only way to clinch anything against these boys is to get one of them on record against the other. I'm David Bell. I
1: ushered him into the office of our vice president, Mr. Kyman, for an interview.
2: pound loaf of the pasteurized processed cheese food of top quality. Genuine Velveeta. Now back to the adventures of the Falcon. Ten minutes have passed since Mike Waring had his talk with Georgie Conrad. Now the Falcon drops into the Homicide Bureau to have a talk with Sergeant Corbett. Hello, Corbett. Well, you've done it again. Oh, you, Waring. What have I done? With your usual brilliant logic, you've locked up the wrong guy. If you're talking about Georgie Conrad... Who else? Well, don't tell me you pulled any other boners.
3: i are just looking for the guy. We don't know a thing about his dogs. Somewhere before?
2: I hope so. What do you want? Well, perhaps you could tell me how to find Frank Moody. Why?
4: Well, he might know something about this murder. What makes you think so? Marie tells me that
3: Marie,
2: Marie.
4: What have you got to do with her? I'm working for her.
2: In fact, get out of here. Now look, George. I said get out. Now take it easy, George. She's Georgia. made enough trouble. Well, so have you.
4: If you have any information concerning these fugitives, notify your local police, the nearest office of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, or Gangbusters at once. Tonight's gangbusters case was dramatized by Stanley Niss and directed by Leonard L. Bass with Mandel Kramer and Edwin Bruce in leading roles. The entire production was supervised for CBS Radio by John Ives. Gaylord Avery speaking.
5: It's something new in range riding. They'll come around, Mrs. Westcott.
6: They're sleeping like a lark. What about the dog? Take a look. Oh, uh, Waldo's okay. Hasn't made a sound. Yeah, no. Well... They go and the stocking feet. You all set? As set as I'll ever be. Is he on the door. Squeaks a little. Nobody in the hall. Shut the door. Any idea where the dark room could be? Must be first floor, near kitchen, near water supply. Now we're going down these stairs. Now well, we're down. So far, so good. Now which way?
3: kitchen is off that way, through that door. There were my flashlight shines. Okay. Hey, listen, but you gotta there's make somebody out the there. Better. That's all I got to say. It's Trigger Goo. He's still up. Hey, we better hide. Over here, in the corner. I can't do nothing with this stuff. last batch was terrible. I'll try this new stuff you just delivered, but there's going to be a big kick if it don't turn out like it should. Well, if it's a good day tomorrow.
6: Hey, uh, suppose we put out the lamp, pretend to go to bed, and then take a look out of the window. Okay, I'll blow it out. It's awful quiet out there, isn't it? Yeah. Only the frogs and crickets. There's a moon tonight, but there's so many trees, it's difficult to see them. You can see the silver, the lights, through the trees. Well, yeah, we can't investigate anything, Hotshot. Not until Trigger Goo goes to bed. He doesn't stay up all night looking for balls. Hey, wait hide. a minute. Look out there. Down at that moonlit spot. Where you can see the shore of the lake. Yeah? Yeah. Look there, John. It's a man. He's coming up the path. Oh. Yeah. He's got a suitcase or something heavy. He came in the motorboat. Well, I bet he was expected. This business is getting kind of mysterious. Well, maybe not. We know there's a plane, a seaplane somewhere around here. We think if they be equipped with a mechanical eye. The device takes pictures of gold deposits under the ground. We smell photographic acid in this place. Well, link them all together and what have we got? A man coming up a path from the lake with a heavy package. Look, Hotshot, somebody has to take those pictures. They have to be developed. We're sure there's a dark room in this building. And you 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 think that fellow with a suitcase or whatever, you think he may be bringing the film? Downstairs door to the porch. He just came in. Oh. Hey, I've got another flash. It may be wild, but listen. Maybe the big suitcase or whatever. Maybe that is the stolen... Well, we'll see what we can
3: do for you, Stoop. Man, say, Stoop sound like dog.
6: No, no, of course
3: not.
6: Well, Mr. Goach, sorry, big Stoop groans like bald.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought for a minute the dog was in here. Well, we'll try and get big Stoop to sleep. We'll blow out the oil lamp and turn in.
6: He'll feel better in the morning when the sun comes. That's right, Mr. Goose. Good night. Funny,
3: don't answer.
6: Oh, I wouldn't worry about Balho. You know how dogs are.
3: Well, maybe Ma's seen him go out or something. Good night, Mr. Goo. We'll see you in the morning, Mr. Goo. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's
6: mm. good. So sick. Wow. Why, wait, wait, <laughs> Thank you great big Frank, are you? Look, Harry, Big Stoop doesn't stick it off. Good <laughs> work, Stu. Oh, well, when that dog sounded off, I thought sure we were caught. That was quick thinking, fella. Oh, boy, it sure was. It's your stomachache full goo-goo. Yeah. Boy, oh, boy. I was sweating bullets for a minute. <laughs> is, uh, is the dog still okay under the bed, Charlie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fine. Good. Now, our next move is to locate the dark room. We know the strange odor we've been smelling is the photographic chemical. That may give us a clue to the mechanical eye. Right. There's a special camera in the eye, and... So there has to be a dark room for developing film. Yeah, but what about that motorboat we heard a little while back? came this way across the lake. must be down at the pier. The motor was cut. That's why we don't hear it now. Then somebody was coming to this place, huh? Coming or going, we don't know. Tied hide up in here. Uh Lie down, (laughs) Snooper. Relax, Charlie. Maybe we can get away with this. God, we've got to. Only the door keeps quiet. Aldo,
3: oh, no. come here, come here. Shh. Hey, you like to chill up? Getting late? You ought to turn in.
6: We were just thinking about that, Mr. Goo.
3: Mighty mm-hmm. funny I can't find Baldo's. But you guys were tired. That's why I'd give you this room for you. you. Said you was. Oh, we are. We are, but everything's so kind of strange and different, Mr. Goo. Hey, you ain't seen Baldo, have you? You warned us not to leave this room, remember? Yeah, and that still goes. If that dog gets just one foot free, he'll rip you to ribbon. I can sure believe that. Funny. Baldo always answers if he's around or if more yells for him. He was up on this floor, too. Yeah, yeah, Well, I, I I, heard him just outside the door. He makes a fine watchdog. <laughs> hey, what's that? Thought I heard Baldo whining here. He knows my voice. Baldo? but, 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 but what, why? Couldn't possibly be seen. <coughs> why, uh, why, what's the matter, Stoop? Yeah, what's wrong? Say you're
6: not sick,
3: are you? Big guy like him. sounded almost like a dog for a minute. We better not get sick There ain't a doctor anyways near. Um, what is it, Stuber? Inside, tie up,
6: is pain. Oh, genius. Big man gets just as much pain as a little man, you know. Yeah.
5: They've trapped Baldo, the savage wolf dog, tied him up, muffled his snarls. And now as they prepare to investigate the hotel at this midnight hour, a new sound we carry.
6: Yeah. Yeah, I can hear it now. It's all that one. Somebody's outside of this building. But who is... Whoa, huh? What's that stupor? Big stupid thing on the noggin, sure. It's what pushboat. That's the sound of an outboard motor. Right. One of those motors you you attach to a rowboat. Can't see anything from this window. The lake is right out there, too, through the trees. It's too dark. What time is it? Oh, well after midnight. That motor seems to be coming near, coming its way. Could be riding around tongue at this time of night or morning. Oh. It does seem strange, doesn't it? Maybe Trigger's going to are expecting visitors here, huh? Could be. Hey, perhaps that's why Trigger planted Baldo outside our door. To make sure we didn't get too curious. Well, we got old Baldo tied up and under this bed. We can't go looking for the photographic dark room of the uh, mechanical uh, either. That's Trigger. He's calling the dog from the foot of the stairs. <laughs> Look, keep Baldo quiet. But push pull. Stop. Yeah, can't hear it anymore. <laughs> but the dog isn't so quiet. Keep an eye on him, Charlie. Okay. I'll listen at the hall door and see
3: if. Bolero. <laughs> Quick,
6: get the dog farther under the bed. Trigger's coming upstairs. Okay.
3: Get him under there. Sir. Don't let him make any noise. I'm...
6: If Trigger comes in here, we'll have to get him out again as fast as we can. If he finds out we've got Bolero. Balls...
3: And boy, in the piece this well. Here comes Trigger with a bang bang. Right out of the tip,
5: break, break. Hello, gang. You ready for a riddle? Then answer me this. Oh, it's a dilly. Here it goes. Brothers and sisters, I have none. But this man's father is my father's son. Now, who is it? Why, it's me. Isn't that a puppy? Say, gang, but take it from me, your old pal, Duck Browning. If you take it from me, there's no beating this, eatin'. I mean a bowl of Quaker puffed wheat or rice barkies with milk and sugar and topped with your favorite fruit. Man, no oh man. These giant breakfast grains of wheat or rice hit the spot. From first to last delicious spoonful, they just melt in your mouth. And talk about flavor. Say, you get a nut-like flavor that stand out. And boy, oh boy, Quaker puffed wheat and rice barkies are crisp and tender as nuts in November. Yep, these kingpin kernels are shot from guns. Exploded to eight times normal size. And here's something else that's important, too. They furnish restored natural grain amounts of vitamin D1, niacin, and iron. Good and good for you. That's why the breakfast grains shot from guns are today more popular than ever before. So don't be missing out. Get both kinds: Quaker puffed wheat and puffed rice parkies. But make no mistake, they come only in the big Quaker packages that are red and blue. They're the ones for you. Terry and his two pals came to Tone Lake, some two or three hundred miles inland from Hong Kong, because a plane was said to be there—a plane equipped with a stolen invention known as the mechanical eye. And now Terry, Charlie, and Big Stoop are in the Goo Hotel in a dimly lit room. Car nine to car one.
3: Car nine to car one.
2: Yes, yeah, stick. You back. Right.
4: Hey, mister, get
2: the ball? Oh, no, sure, son. Hey. you Hey. Nice catch. Jim, the headquarters just got word that one of the men on our list moved from his old address to 31 Market Street. Who's that? James Warren. I'm close by Market now, so I'll head over there. Okay, Dick, I'll meet you.
7: Here you are, honey. You sign it? Like a little man. What time does his bank open? Nine o'clock. You better be getting over there. It's almost that now.
1: Don't you think I better wait a while? What for? Oh, it's a pretty big check. If I'm their first customer, they might get suspicious.
7: They know you're there? Yeah. I wouldn't worry. does, uh, Does Jimmy have a gun? Yeah. Where is it?
1: Out in the shop, under the cash register. you
7: better get it for me before you go.
1: Okay. a minute. Come here. Well, you asked me to get the gun. Back door.
7: Yeah, who uses it?
1: Look, men, delivery boys, lot, lots of people. Give me the gun. Roy, you're not going to... I gonna...
7: just want the gun. You answer the door.
1: But why... for
7: Jimmy, just say he isn't home. Go on.
1: Yes? Yes?
2: I'd like to see Mr. James Warren.
1: I'm sorry, he's out.
2: May I ask your name?
1: I'm Mrs. Warren.
2: Oh, when do you expect your husband?
1: Uh, Later. Maybe six, seven o'clock. I never know for sure.
2: Do you know where I can reach him?
1: No. He was sick and he went to the doctor. What do you want to see him about?
2: I'm from the police. Oh. I wanted to ask your husband about a man named Carter. Roy Carter. Who's he? Someone your husband used to know. Oh. You say I... you're not sure what time he's coming home?
1: I'm never sure.
2: Would you mind if I came in and waited?
1: Well, I... No, I
7: uh, come uh, on in. No. And don't reach for anything. All right, Carter. Annie, close the door. Close it. Sorry, we have to meet this way. Roy, what'd you do that for? He didn't come here by accident. He knew something. Go cash the check. And when you get back, we'll go.
1: Store's closed.
2: Oh? You work here?
1: Yeah, but we're closed. There's another record store on White Street around the corner.
2: I'm a special agent of the FBI. FBI? That's right, ma'am. Here are my credentials. What do you want? I'd like to see Mr. Warren.
1: He's not here. A man from the police came a little while ago. They went away together. Oh, how long ago was that? About fifteen minutes, maybe twenty, I don't know. I see.
2: Thanks very much.
1: You're welcome. Roy. What's the matter? An FBI man was here. Where? In front of the store. I want to see Jimmy. Is he gone? Yeah. I got rid of him. Where's the money? In my purse. Why, let's go.
7: All right, this way.
1: Why, through the back?
7: Just in case that FBI man is waiting out front. Uh. Hello, Mrs. Warren.
1: Throw your things. Don't move, Carter. Come on, go! Oh,
2: drop the gun. Come on, drop it! All right, Carter. Now turn around while I put on these handcuffs.
0: Carter was convicted in state court for murder and sentenced to life. Mrs. Warren was convicted for harboring a federal fugitive and sentenced to a federal prison. After the arrest of Roy Carter and Mrs. Warren, Special Agent Taylor released Detective Hopkins and Jimmy Warren. He had returned to the record shop after leaving because he found evidence that Mrs. Warren's story wasn't true. Her husband couldn't have left with Detective Hopkins, because the detective's car was parked a few doors down the street. And so, not only was an escaped killer captured, but Jimmy Warren was able to do what so many other ex-convicts are doing today, trying to live their lives as decent human beings. Even more prisoners can be rehabilitated if you, the public, will help. The reward will be worth your effort, because every ex-prisoner who rejoins society and lives as an honest member of the community is another vital cog in our defense effort, our defense of democracy.
4: Now, just two things to remember about the
0: Equitable's
4: fact-finding chart for fathers and
0: mothers. First, it shows you exactly what monthly income your family would require if the breadwinner should die unexpectedly. Second, this
4: pictorial chart doesn't cost you one cent. Ask your Equitable Society representative for a free copy or send a postcard, care of this station, to the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States.
0: Next week, we will dramatize another case from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Its subject, counterfeiting. Its title, The Flying Felon.
4: The incidents used in tonight's Equitable Life Assurance Society's broadcast are adapted from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. However, all names used are fictitious. And any similarity thereof to the names of places or persons, living or dead, is accidental. Tonight, the music was composed and conducted by Frederick Steiner. The author was Jerry D. Lewis. Your narrator was William Woodson, and Special Agent Taylor was played by Stacey Harris. Others in the cast were Whitfield Connor, Georgia Ellis, Paul Richards, and Carlton Young. This is Your FBI is a Jerry Devine production. This is Larry Keating speaking for the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States and the Equitable Society's representative in your community and inviting you to tune in again next week at this same time when the Equitable Life Assurance Society will bring you another thrilling transcribed story from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The Flying Felon on This Is Your FBI. Stay tuned for the adventures of Ozzie and Harriet. There's fun for the whole family when Ozzie and Harriet come your way next.